0: Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 49 of the dynasty debates the best kept secret in all of dynasty fantasy football I am your humble host as always Evan Brown you can catch me on Twitter at FF Evan like revolution but with my name at the start Evan Lucian you can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, like it says on the title. You can drop an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments about any of the prospects we've been covering or the show itself. Guys, we are almost there, almost at the big five Oh, and I have a new special guest this week. I know I say that every week, but hey, this one is even more special than some. Nah, they're all special. Let's be honest. But this guy you're going to love. He is awesome. He's one of my favorite dudes on the Twitter sphere. It is none other than Marvin Eloquin at FF underscore Marvin E on Twitter. Give him a follow. He is a writer for the fantasy footballers. He's also a contributor over at Dynasty Nerds, much like myself He is an analytical based scouter and lover of fantasy football. So, a smart guy, and he won't hold that against me. We've had a great time. We're going to be chopping up some tight ends. But first, just get to know Marvin a little bit. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation. A rookie fever. Here we are. Here we are back again talking more prospects. And as usual, as I mentioned in the intro there, I've got a new, exciting, fantastic guest first time guest at the dynasty debates it is marvin eloquin he is a writer for the fantasy footballers he also is a contributor at dynasty nerds where i actually ran across his path he is a pretty awesome dude he comes from a fairly analytical background so we'll try not to fight and we'll try not to uh we'll try to try not to get into verbal fisticuffs too much here but i can't promise anything but marvin thank you so much for coming on how the heck are you buddy
1: Doing great, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. I know you've had some awesome guests here. So honestly, just honored to be here and, and excited to talk about uh, some some rookie tight ends.
0: Yeah, I am looking forward to it. I know you know you're a real like degenerate when you're excited to talk about tight end prospects. And I am excited. Hashtag excited. Um, <laughs> but before we get into it, I mean, first things first, as a, an expert in the field, I have to ask a burning question. Who would win in a fight? Marvin the Martian or Marvin the Sticky Bandit from Home Alone? I got to know.
1: Oh, my gosh. It, I mean, it's got to be Marvin the Martian. I mean, he's got the wits and he's oh. got the he's got the the I guess the what do you say? Just the the, the equipment gadgets? to do it. Yeah, the gadgets. Exactly. You know, and the Martian, he has a yeah. spaceship. He's a little more advanced, you know, and. Uh I love Home Alone, one of my favorite Christmas movies, so one that I watch every single Christmas. But Marvin Marvin in Home Alone is not the smartest guy. So But he um, does
0: have that stick to itiveness. He does have that,
1: yeah. He so he's give good, up. At g- grabbing some of those coins that are, you know, in, in, in those buckets and everything. Yeah, but I don't know if that's gonna get you as far, you know? So I gotta lean Marvin the Martian here. What do you think? Interesting, interesting.
0: I mean, whew, my heart, my heart tells me Marvin. In Home Alone, but then my head <laughs> possibly goes with you. Like you said, Martian alien technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was outsmarted by a kid oh it is a tough one but i'm gonna lean i'm gonna lean with the expert i'm gonna go with the expert here i mean you're you're the expert in the room so i'll I'll go with you um but now that we've cleared up the the most important news obviously let's talk about like i want to know a little bit about you obviously you know the listeners will probably want to know a little bit about you you know we've mentioned that you write for the fantasy footballers that's got to be a lot of fun what's that like what was that experience like getting that role and and how how has your time with the fantasy footballers been
1: yeah it's been it's been amazing man i've you know, I came across them, oh gosh, I feel like it's, I don't know if it was exactly 10 years ago, probably not that long ago, but it, it was around the, the time when I started really diving into fantasy football. They were one of the first podcasts I ever found and listened to. And obviously, they've grown a ton since then. And I've just been, uh, you know, an avid listener and and fan of theirs. And it was, uh, you know, I didn't actually start writing for, for them at first. I was with Dynasty Nerds. Um, you know, shout out to Garrett Price, who, Gave me the uh, opportunity to to write for them and, and be part of them, but it was the fancy footballers that uh, you know around. Um, I think it was the the summer of twenty twenty is when they were putting out the you know just uh, the notice that they're looking for writers, and honestly, I, I thought it was probably one of the more underqualified writers there, you know, only been writing for five, six months at that point. But I thought, you know, why not give it a shot and, and apply? And so that's what I did. You know, they have an application process and, and, um, totally forgot about submitting that for about a month. And then I heard, uh, from Andy, Mike and Jason through a DM on Twitter of all places. Couldn't honestly believe it. When that popped up on my phone, I was like, who the Like, why would they write me? And it, and it was them, you know, obviously then just, um, offering me the opportunity and I've been there so grateful ever since and it's just a great place to work honestly there uh it feels like a family there they're they're good guys and and I know we've we talked about this before the show but they're just uh fun to be around and, and they're they they do things um with that family mindset and I love that so much and obviously it's a platform to write dynasty football which I enjoy uh so that's why I'm so excited to be here to talk about dynasty and uh yeah I've been there for two seasons now we're kind of approaching two years with the fantasy football issue, which is crazy
0: that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's really funny, actually, because um, shout out Garrett Price. He's the one who gave me my shot as well. And I'd only joined Dynasty Nerds. I'd been really seriously with them only a couple of months. I think I'd only really written one, maybe two articles. Mm-hmm. And I knew you through sort of like the group chat and sort of like I knew your name. And then that thing came out. I think it was one of the guys. I think it may have been... Um, might have even been i'm trying to remember who who said it i think somebody threw it in the the dynasty nerds like slack channel or something saying that the fantasy footballers were like you know looking for writers or something like that and i actually remember i i knew i was like i'm nowhere near qualified for this i was like i'm just gonna throw my name in the hat just because Mm -hmm. i would kick myself if i didn't because like you said there for me the gold standard of fantasy football content, you know, they're mm-hmm. so fun and funny and interesting and they have really good information and content and I've listened to them like when I first got into fantasy football, um, they were literally one of the first if not the first podcast that I came across and they've just hooked me ever since. So absolutely. I, and I, I got a really nice letdown message from like Kyle. Um, he actually like emailed me and was like, Hey, you know, really appreciate you taking the time to apply and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, it's just like one of those um, it's not you, it's us sort of you know, like really gentle let down sort of things. And um, you know, it was really, so it, absolutely congrats to you. And I, I know we've talked about that and everything, but that's, that's so cool, man. Like, and it's really, really great. Um, great to see, you know, getting, getting to do what you love with, people that you respect and admire is always a really 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 cool time do you have any sort of funny like little inside stories you can share or like obviously i don't want you like get in trouble or anything like you know like <laughs> spilling the beans the the secret sauce here or anything but is there any sort of like funny little interactions or any run-ins or something that's just been like a favorite memory since you've been writing with them
1: oh man you know every now and then we have these like happy hours with uh with the staff and um And usually, I think the first one that we had was mainly just the writers and and Kyle and and Betts. Um, They were there and, and, you know, we got to get to know each other. I don't think that was probably the first opportunity for us to kind of really meet face to face, quote unquote, through Zoom and everything. Um, But it was, um, I think this most recent one, we actually had Andy, Mike and Jason there, which, you know, you you talk to them. And to me, even though I'm, I'm part of that team, they still feel like, you know, kind of like celebrities to me, to be honest, like they're just... They 're just that cool, but they make you feel like that you know you're just a part of the team and and that's what I love so much and we actually got to talk to them a little bit this past um I think it was January we had a happy hour, and they just you know talked a little bit about you know their experience with this season how crazy it is with seventeen weeks or seventeen games and 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 just you know just the the ups and downs of the fantasy football season and it's just kind of cool to hear that you know they're you know we we View them as kind of the, the gold standard and they're celebrities, but they're so down to earth and, and such good guys. So it's it was cool just to honestly meet all of them for the first time face to face. And, and um, those three guys specifically, which was uh, just really fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's really nice to hear when, you know, people that you really respect or, or look up to or whatever, that you find Mm -hmm. out that they really are what they seem, you know, because, you know, similar to, um, when you're podcasting or being a content creator, you know, sometimes you can choose to put your best foot forward, quote unquote, you know, you could just like you can almost create a persona for yourself. And, you know, sometimes you don't know like how realistic or how genuine is that, you know? And and like, I think, you know, for celebrities, like as far as actors and stuff, I always heard like someone like Jack Black, I've always heard is really, really personable and really just honestly, he is like what you see in the movies and stuff. He's so funny and he's just chill and he's really nice and thoughtful. You know, it just makes those people you just enjoy rooting for them. You know, you just enjoy seeing them succeed because even though they're rich or famous or whatever, you know, they're actually just really good people and they're fun and they're nice. You know, it's sort of like, um, you know, for me, like somebody like Malik Willis in this process of like, you know, you see, you hear these little stories and you see the thing, you know, the video with him helping and stop help a homeless person. And you see all these little things and you just get a little bit of an insight into the person and it just makes them that much easier to root for, you know, because mm-hmm. um, you know, it's great to see people that are really talented But then when you see that person who's just like a good person, like to me, that's more important than just pure talent, because there's a lot of really talented podcasters. There's a lot of really talented actors, you know, but it's just really nice to see people that are actually genuinely good people (laughs) that are Mm -hmm. making the world a better place and also being you know, fun and at the top of their game, which is great as well, because sometimes, you know, you have those people who are really good at things. And then, like I said, they're not the nicest people, but then sometimes just like people that you really like and they're really nice, but they're just not great at what they do. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to have that kind of combination there at the ballers, definitely. And, and to be fair, that's what I've heard of pretty much everybody who knows them and everybody who's always given that feedback and um, you know, I am excited actually. It's funny because um, Kyle is actually coming on the show. He's coming on in a couple of weeks here. He's going to be on right before the draft. So that'll be really fun as well. Um, but yeah, really, really cool. And what about then? So is there a favorite article or a favorite series that you've worked on or are working on over at the ballers?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So right now, uh, we're, we're kind of working through the key profiles. So, you know, be on lookout for that. That's on. A lot of them are already on the site and, and, you know, I'm working through a handful of prospects myself. But you know, my favorite series might just have to be one that I wrote last summer, which was called The Life Cycle of a Dynasty Player. So what I did there is I went through 20 years of data to go through quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and tight end to get an idea of when um, we can generally expect them to break out in the NFL. When do you usually see them kind of, taper off and kind of lose that that elite upside that we we so covet in in dynasty right and want to covet for many years right we want that on our teams and so that that kind of came out of the question and kind of the conversation that we see on twitter that hey you got to buy this guy and you got to sell this guy because he's past like the age of 25 or or something arbitrary like that and we see in data that that's not necessarily the cutoff for some of these wide receivers or running backs necessarily And, and that's where i think we can find an advantage as dynasty players that, you know, when, when guys are pivoting away, dynasty players are pivoting away from one player, that could be an opportunity for us to, to cash in at a value as well. And so, um, you know, we see older players produce as well. letter for Net, who's what, 26, 27 at this point, and was great last year. Like there are players like that and youth isn't everything. And that's, that was one of the most um, interesting articles that I I got to dive into because it, um, you know, in some cases you, you just don't expect to see the results and some of these re- the research that you do, and and you kind of just let the research speak for you, and so that was uh, really fun to dig into. And it's on their site if anyone wants to check it out. Um, but yeah, that was a fun one to
0: to write. Yeah, that sounds really fascinating. That's like right up my alley. I love that kind of information. What so what's the series called? What or what's the name of it so people can look it up? Yeah, the life cycle of a dynasty player. Life cycle, guys, write that down. Pause, pause <laughs> the podcast. Go write that down. Life cycle of a dynasty player by Marvin Eloquent. Look it up. I'm sure it's great because every conversation I've had with Marvin has been really, really good. He's a smart dude. And would I be right in saying you you sort of take more of a analytical perspective or bent towards your scouting and your sort of like fantasy, you know, uh, takes, quote unquote, more than so like just pure film based? You're more maybe analytical. Is that would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely fair to say. I, I gravitate towards the numbers more just because I think that's where my mind uh f- what my mind finds more comfortable is just looking at those numbers and um, not to say that film isn't important. And I know there's like that, you know, you kind of started off with like film versus analytics uh, earlier, jokingly, obviously, but um, you absolutely need both. And that's why both are important. And so, you know, we'll talk about this I'm sure in, in this episode, but uh, you know, I weigh in both film and analytics and I do have a film grade in my model, but a lot of it is based on numbers and, and historical data to kind of give us an idea of, you know, where are these prospects ranked in, in, over the last 10 years and and, um, and and how based on what we've seen in the past from, you know, different tight ends, for example, right, the Kelsey's, the Kittles, the, you know, uh, the pits, how would these 2022 tight ends project against those guys? And so that's kind of what I base my analysis on. A lot of it is um, numbers related
0: yeah no i mean honestly and again like the whole motto and theme of the show even like the you know even like the the logo is like obviously the two helmets you know facing off film versus Mm -hmm. analytics but it is sort of tongue-in-cheek and um Mm -hmm. you know obviously i really respect both sides of it and i try to utilize both sides of it now i must must admit i'm not smart enough to be an analytical guru the way marvin is or the way peter howard is you know these guys spreadsheet wizards i respect what they do i just like to hang out with them and pick their brains because you know obviously they have some really really great insight and really great information that you know i just i just you know i'm probably not smart enough to do i just look at the film and try and make some decisions and i have fairly good idea of like market value usually so i really enjoy mm-hmm. trading and things like that um but no definitely these guys are the whiz. um the, they're the wizard behind the curtain here in the, in the magical land of Oz of the dynasty world that we play in. Um, so yeah, you're more of an analytic, I mean, just obviously, because when we're talking about these prospects, we're going to be going through a lot of information, but really quickly, I wanted to ask as well, before we dive into all that, um, you know, is there any sort of one or two key um, statistics or sort of things that you really look for in general, but even if you want to narrow it down to tight ends as well, you know, I I was talking Mm -hmm. to Peter last week, Peter Howard, and he was sort of trying to explain to me in his own way. Um, I didn't really fully grasp it, but you know, I tried my best um, to understand he was talking about like, you know, uh, yards per what was it? Yards team pass per... attempt? No, something like that. It was it was, it was in, <laughs> in context of running back. So it was like yeah, yeah, rushing yeah. yards average per team attempt or something like
1: that. Ah, gotcha rushing, gotcha. rushing
0: weighted average per team. I don't know. There's so many like words in the in the in the metric. <laughs> it's very complicated. I understood the concept. I always forget the the, the phrase of it. So mm-hmm. is there any sort of key stats or statistics that you look for or that you really find more useful than others? Or any of the, even on the other side of that as part B is there any that you like this is not useless but just I'm not that worried about it you know because everybody loves the buzzwords of like BMI or something like that are there certain (laughs) ones that you're like forget that don't don't worry about that
1: yeah yeah let's let's gear it towards tight ends as that's what we'll talk about here you know over over the next hour or so but for tight ends specifically and I want to highlight this because in my research I've found that this doesn't necessarily um, correlate as well to fancy production at the next level for running backs and tight ends, uh, or running backs and wide receivers, but height adjusted speed score, which combines 40 time uh, height and weight um, for a prospect, but what that essentially says is that, you know, we, we might get an arbitrary number of 450 as the 40 time. But for someone that's lighter, let's say 180 pounds, that's really, really slow. For someone who is you know, like a trail on Burks, that's 220. A 45 is actually really good, and so that's it. It puts into context their total athletic profile into that 40 time. And height-adjusted speed score is not as uh, useful for wide receivers, at least what I've found. For running backs, it, there's definitely a, a link to it to fantasy production at the next level. But the strongest correlation we see actually with tight ends, and that's why I want to highlight that here, because with tight ends, naturally, you know, we want to see them produce at the next at, at the collegiate level. Cause that translates to NFL production, but we also want to see them hit that athletic threshold. And I know we're talking about a lot of athletic prospects in, in this episode and it's important because you know, when, when you want a tight end to, to run up that seam and gain separation, and when you want them to truly dominate as a move tight end, that, that generates PPR points. That's what we want as dynasty players. You want that athleticism. And um, you know, that's a, a metric that I weigh heavily actually in, in my model um, along with metrics like receiving yards per team pass attempt. That's another one that I'll I'll mention a lot. Um, you know, finding that that production and athletic prospect is what really sets apart those guys that are Kyle Pitts. Like Kyle Pitts was, in my model, 99th percentile because he was productive at the collegiate level, but his athletic numbers were through the roof. So you check nearly every box and you want to see that um as well, both the athletic measurables and the production um, not so much as a wide receiver more so as a running back but definitely as a tight end so um that's why tight end is so unique is that you really want the the athletes to shine and at their pro days at their 40 t- with their 40 times and and uh you know their their shuttle scores and all that um but then mirror you know m- marry that in with with production you, you have a really good prospect there ideally
0: Interesting. Yeah. No, I like, um, I like the way you're able to take obviously some of these terms, some of these things, these statistics that you're looking at and try and break it down into layman's terms. I think that's really useful for me, probably really useful for a lot of listeners. You know, I think that's one of the, that can be, can be one of the disconnects with the analytic community mm-hmm. is that. Because you guys are so used to talking in in these terms and these these ways of you know mm-hmm. that are very complicated or complex, you know, not that you said anything that was overly, but you know, I've I've definitely gotten involved where you start talking to some guys or <laughs> analytics and they start going down the rabbit hole, and you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? You know, like, yep. um, but no, that made a lot of sense the way you explained that, and I really like that. What do you do then, just quickly, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll move on here in a moment. What do you do then with like these guys who are skipping their pro days or aren't, you know, like how how bad? does that affect your model so say for example mm-hmm. um somebody gets injured and they don't compete at the combine and then they mm-hmm. don't even compete at their pro day and so really all you've got to go off of then is like their statistics in in um how they how they performed in college so mm-hmm. with obviously you weighting things like height adjusted speed score mm-hmm. and all those other elements that are important in your model does that end up like say for example like let's just talk for talk's sake, let's say kyle pitts Injured himself and couldn't compete at the combine, yeah. couldn't do anything at his pro day. So you've got this amazing, um, you've got this amazing profile, somebody who really performed well, but you don't have any athletics to really measure that by, other mm-hmm. than maybe like his height and his weight. Uh, mm-hmm. What would that have done in his in your model? Would you would he still have been as high, or would he still have been like the tight end one, or would you have had to knock him down, or what way would that look?
1: Yeah, exactly. So for for guys that don't necessarily have their forty time, um, you know, I I generally just put in what would be the the average sometimes you might have you 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 know you really have to do some digging here and like sometimes when you google some of their measurable sometimes you can find that they ran a 40 time sometime in college or or in in high school that's one way you could do it by generally just put in the average it probably would have um hurt Kyle Pitts slightly because he was so well above average that if i just put the average for a tight end his his weight and height which is what i would have done it it doesn't um it doesn't quite capture his athlete elite athleticism which we saw in in his numbers right um so that would have hurt his profile but uh like i said i it's that's just one piece of the puzzle and that's what we try to do here at least what i try to do with my motto is i just try to like layer in as many pieces as we can to get a better picture of these prospects so you know athleticism is just one piece and it, it weighs more for tight ends than the other positions that i look at but we still factor in um, you know production at specific years you know year one year two year three and Kyle Pitts checked a lot of those boxes the career averages he checked those boxes breakout age I believe he was in the you know in the upper percentile there Um, and was early declared younger prospect as well so there was a lot to like about his profile in total that already had him in the greater than 90th percentile Um, in my model the athleticism just kind of already confirmed what we saw on film and what we already saw in his numbers that, you know, he had one of the most dominant seasons, um, you know, in, in, I think it was his final year. That was the most dominant, um, you know, of his career. And that was just, it really set him apart as one of the best guys. And that's one thing I, I value here too. And I'll just touch on that quickly is I look at the, the highest, um, uh, I guess per, their most productive season and weigh that heavily as well. Cause I've seen in my research that career numbers are great if they're consistently productive, but you want to see tight ends dominate at one point in their collegiate career and and Pitts check that box. You know, we'll talk about one tight end here that I love that check that box as well. Um, and, and you want to see them dominate because that then shows if they can dominate at the collegiate level, they can do that as well in, in the NFL. And so, um, like I said, many pieces that you factor in here. Athleticism is just one piece. But in short, yeah, I would have hurt Kyle Pitts slightly, but I would have still had him as a tight end one and probably one of the best tight end prospects we've seen over the last decade.
0: Love it. See, there you go. I that's what. This is the funny thing to me. I think when you really get below the surface and you start digging into it, you realize that like analytics and film guys like aren't that dissimilar. Mm-hmm. They just speak yeah. a different language. Do you know what I mean? because like that's exactly what i would do i don't have a model like that for it Mm -hmm. but for me when i'm like i've got you know film scores for this you know prospect class i've got film scores for over 50 guys now so i'm looking primarily at film and looking at many elements within that depending on if it's tight end wide receiver running back etc but then i do want to see the combine results in the pro days and when it's not as good as i thought or when it's better than i thought i do look at that slightly and grade that in slightly into my how i'm ranking them and where i'm projecting them it's just nice icing on the cake it's nice to say i really thought this guy was fast and then you see him run fast or i thought Mm -hmm. this guy was really slow i didn't like his athleticism and then he has a terrible you know shuttle and all that kind of stuff and it's nice to see those kind of things that just confirm what you already thought or maybe two two characters you're really like oh neck and neck and then this one's way more athletic like okay well i'm gonna side towards this one because i like both of them pretty equally on film so and and that sounds like kind of what you're saying you know it's not like you you know okay prow pets couldn't come you know couldn't perform at the combiner pro day that's it he's he's a bum he's you know undraftable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what i mean so right. uh, i think that's this is the moral of the story guys is that we need each other and we get a better we'll get a better picture when we get at both sides and that's what we're that's what we're going to do here that is a very wonderful intro that is a segue we're going to go into some actual prospect talk make sure and join us tomorrow to start diving in Well, there you have it. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you got a little bit of a taster of what a cool dude Marvin is. And hopefully you'll join us over the next couple of days as we dive into this intriguing tight end class for the 2022 NFL draft. It's a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Come back. And don't forget, if you do want to get your eyes on these prospects and all the running backs and all the wide receivers and all the quarterbacks that we're going to be talking about, you can do so over at the Dynasty Nerds film room. You get all these amazing prospects cut up into these individual little condensed film sessions. Really, really handy. Really interesting. Um, and if you use the code FFEVOLUTION at checkout, you'll get an extra 15% off with your sign-up. Enough of that. Join us tomorrow as we dive into these prospects. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass off a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be mean. My fifth wide receiver ran it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RB's on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.